Hi, this is Sanjeev Gupta with Socialism in the Time of Corona. How are you making sense of the events of the last few days? How should we as democratic socialists make sense of them? Here's my own current understanding. Some democratic socialists in the US advocate a dirty break with the Democratic Party as a precursor to a left third party. The events of the last few days may well lead to a dirty break, but within the Republican Party, between those who remain allied with Trumpism and those who abandon it. But even without Trump, the Republican Party remains a powerful institutional base for the far right in the US. We cannot take on that far right without taking on the Republican Party. This is the party that consolidated quickly around Trump, put him up for another term, and continued to indulge his authoritarianism and demagogy right up until it blew up in their faces. This complicates the political logic for democratic socialists in the US. We tend to focus correctly on the role of the Democratic Party in savaging the livelihoods of much of the American population. But we need to be clear-eyed about the qualitative threat posed by the Republican Party to our most basic democratic rights. And every significant advance in those rights has been achieved by the struggles of workers, women, people of color, and mass movements generally. It is therefore our responsibility as socialists to defend and protect those rights, which means being clear about the uniquely reactionary, reactionary character of the Republican Party, even if it sheds Trumpism. By actively threatening even the most basic right to vote and have the votes count, especially for people of color, this party has opened the door to Trumpism and perhaps worse forces in the future. That means, at minimum, that the country's largest socialist organization, the Democratic Socialists of America, or DSA, cannot afford a repeat of our official neutrality in the 2020 presidential election. It is analytically lazy and politically naive to talk about opposing the far right without openly choosing sides in electoral struggles in which a major political party actively incubates and nurtures those right-wing forces. So, what do you think? In upcoming episodes this month, I'll be discussing further the role of socialists in electoral politics with organizers and historians, including Mia Inoue of Reclaim Rhode Island. Meanwhile, here is an episode recorded before the 2020 presidential election called Trump Must Go. Since the pandemic began, you've probably taken pleasure in the increased volume of birdsong due to the reduction in traffic and other human noise. The population of birds in North America, though, has been declining for decades. This long-term decline 
may be greatly accelerated by the Trump administration's proposed weakening of the 1918 Migratory Bird Treaty Act. The act fines companies for oil spills and uncovered waste pits that kill birds migrating across Canada, Mexico, Japan, Russia, and the U.S. The Trump administration has proposed removing these fines, prompting former U.S. Fish and Wildlife Directors under Presidents Nixon, Bush Sr., Clinton, Bush Jr., and Obama to demand that the administration, quote, suspend this ill-conceived opinion. This is not to say that migrating birds were adequately protected before, but four years of an act without fines could lead to the deaths of tens, perhaps hundreds of millions more birds than would occur otherwise. As with birds, so with people. According to recent projections, there may be 70,000 unnecessary deaths in the US from now through December, Deaths that could be avoided by people wearing masks and taking other simple precautions. And that's not counting the tens of thousands of people who have already died unnecessarily. Around one in five of these needlessly dead people are black. Nearly half of the younger casualties are non-white. Much of the blame for these unnecessary deaths falls on an administration that practically encourages people to not wear masks. Nor is it just about individual behavior. The administration is actively undercutting the essential life-saving work of publicly funded agencies like the CDC. This administration is therefore an enemy of the people in the most basic sense. It is quite literally killing us by the tens of thousands, faster than the Second World War did. The Trump administration's naked callousness poses a unique challenge for socialists in the US. We've gotten really good at pointing out just how bourgeois US bourgeois democracy is. We've accurately described the Democrats' betrayal of workers the complicity in the unraveling of welfare, and in the sharp increase in income inequality. We've also correctly criticized the very nature of electoral politics in the US, its reduction to a mass spectator sport every few years, complete with breathless media coverage of the most trivial details. Indeed, we've gotten so good at pointing out these limits of the U.S.'s two-party electoral democracy that it's now difficult for us to take seriously, as socialists, the Trump administration's radical threats to that democracy. We're finding it hard to assess the differences between the two parties that really matter. We're challenged to analyze and exploit the divisions among the ruling class corresponding to these differences. But doing all of this hard analytical work is just as much our responsibility as is laying bare the limits of bourgeois democracy. 
So here's my case for why socialists should organize to defeat the Trump administration in November. I've already mentioned the needless death and disease directly attributable to this administration, much of it concentrated among the multiracial working class we claim to represent. To this, we must add the flagrant use of and appeals to white supremacy and nativism. And if you think this is just more of the same, let me assure you, as a non-white immigrant who's lived in the U.S. for more than 30 years, it's not. And there's more. This administration is openly sabotaging every stage of the electoral process and has threatened repeatedly to not respect its outcome. This is going to matter after the election, regardless of our views on the candidates themselves. Finally, consider the impact on climate change of another four years of this administration, which will almost certainly be worse than under the alternative. Four more years of even half-hearted commitment to reducing carbon emissions could buy us more time for real solutions. So that's my case for organized socialist opposition to Trump in this election. It doesn't mean we stop pointing out the complicity of both parties in the build-up to what we might call Trumpism. It doesn't mean we have any illusions about the alternative. It definitely does not mean we think that Trumpism will disappear if he loses. It does mean we recognize that four more years of Trump will cause needless death disease and economic suffering well beyond the dismal neoliberal norm. It means we recognize Trumpism as a sharp right turn that emboldens the worst political tendencies and not just in the United States. It means we recognize as criminal the degrading of public institutions like the EPA, FDA, CDC, the Census and the Postal Service exactly when we need them the most. In short, it means we recognize the difference between those eroding the foundations of the house and those actively burning it down. It is less clear exactly how to organize against Trump during the election. Given the history of co-optation and betrayal of the left in the US, there are legitimate concerns about being identified with the alternative. We also risk alienating those who have arrived at democratic socialism after being thoroughly disillusioned with the two-party system with good reason. It will be difficult to be clear about the sharp differences between the current alternatives, even while insisting on the similarities. For better or worse, we do not have yet the political strength for our decisions to have immediate consequences for the election itself. But that also means we can afford to fully and freely debate the nature of our involvement. This will be invaluable training for the time when we are strong enough to matter. And that time cannot come too soon. On November 4th, the day after the election, the United States will exit the Paris Agreement on Emissions. The U.S. can re-enter the agreement under a different administration, perhaps buying us precious time in the race against the worst effects of climate change. 
a different administration that keeps intact the Migratory Bird Treaty Act will save tens of millions of birds. It will likely save tens of thousands of people, disproportionately working class and non-white, from corona. It will not provide cover to white supremacy and the far right. We should therefore be clear. Trump must go.